Welcome to the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, and I am your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And we want to thank you all for starting out your weekend with us, and we have an exciting show lined up for you today. Um, And we're going back to the uh, series that we have uh, already done several um, in, and that is Protect Your Family, the Protect Your Family series. We're taking a break here from some of our other series and, and focusing in on something that's so vitally important and really um, something that's coming very, very soon to a healthcare store near you, and that is Obamacare, as it's uh, kindly been uh, labeled. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are misunderstood about Obamacare. There's a lot of things that people don't even know about Obamacare. So we wanted to go to the expert because that's what we do here on the Housing Hour because we're tackling all issues as it relates to communities and families. And we're trying to get the word out. And and we have developed this treasure trove of information on our website. And we're going to add to that right today. today. And I'm going to let Mark introduce our guest. And Kevin, thank you. And uh, our guest today is... The author of the book called Obamacare Survival Guide, it's been on the New York Times bestseller list. And Kevin, this is the book that every American should be reading because regardless of where you come down on this topic, this is what's going to happen January 14th, uh, 2014. It's coming, so you need to learn about it. And Nick J. Tate is the author of this and has written a fantastic book book that's easy to read. You can get through it and learn all the details of it. Nick, are you on the line with us? I am. Thanks for having me today. Well, thank you very much for coming in. And I just wanted to start out by saying, first off, this is an incredible book. I I probably read it in two days. It does not drill you on details. It gives you facts, but it doesn't burden you with all the complexities of what you think a bill like this would be. Would you agree with that? Well, thank you for saying, you know, what we try to do is provide something that's very user-friendly. This law is so complicated. There's 500 different provisions, 2,700 pages, and something like 20,000 pages of regulations promulgated so far. What we wanted to do is say, look, it's complicated stuff. I know that it is. We know that it is. But here's a way to help demystify it and make sense in a way that can kind of help you and your family and your household benefit from the provisions that are good and protect yourself from some of the things that may cost you more money if you don't know about them. And it seems like when I talk to people out there about Obamacare and this coming down the path, there's so many misconceptions about what this plan is. Is that why you wrote the book? Absolutely true. I mean, there's, if you're reading a, a lot of the news media or watching television, you really are hearing a lot of the political debate on what people think is going to happen with the law. And what we've tried to do is kind of not take sides, but go right down the middle and do an analysis of the law. It's a critical analysis, I'll acknowledge, but really tell you, here's what's coming your way that you need to know about. If you're a senior on Medicare, if you're self-employed, if you're worried about your family, if you have a pre-existing addition, you will be affected. And we tried to let people know exactly how and strip out the politics as best we could. And can you kind of just give us an overview of the plan? Because there's several pieces to this that are really fascinating to me, but give us the, just a the bird's eye view of this. Well, there are some new protections for people who have had a hard time getting insurance in the past. For instance, if you have a pre-existing condition, insurance companies can no longer bar you from coverage and there are no, no annual or lifetime caps on coverage. 
if you're under the age of 26, maybe a, a, a kid who's young adult who's just out of college or high school, you can stay on your parents' health insurance and uh, as, as, a, as a dependent. If you're an independent contractor, small business owner with 25 or fewer employees and you provide health care for your people, your insurance, you do get a tax break. Now, on the other hand, there are some new changes that are going to affect people financially. Come January 1, everybody will have to have health insurance or pay a fine to the federal government. And a year from uh, January, so in January 2015, businesses that employ 50 or more people will have to provide health insurance for their, their employers or they will pay a fine. So kind of where you are in society, what your financial situation is, what your health picture is, that will determine how the law will affect you. I would, I would say that there are some pluses and there are some minuses, and I think people need to know about both of them to uh, maximize their health care dollar and do the best they can for their health. And they'll certainly find all the pluses and minuses in this book because you really look at all the sides. It's just incredible. Um, but the question is, what's the biggest pushback that you see from either party? Uh, what's the biggest pushback on this? I think there's concern about the economic impacts. There's no question that, that some of the goals of Obamacare are, are, are noble and worthy. And who's going to argue with the idea that people who have a pre-existing condition should be able to get health insurance? Who's going to argue with the idea that people on Medicare should be covered and taken care of? No one's going to argue with those, those sorts of provisions, those kinds of provisions. Who's going to argue with the concept that we should have high-quality care at the lowest possible cost? But the way we get there is a series of uh, carrots and sticks that some of the critics argue are going to hurt businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, are going to force people who have not had to have insurance to get in. And in the, the total cost of the program, many are saying now is not the time with the economy where it is for us to be spending all of this money that is going to affect businesses and individuals on, on health care. So that's really where, where the debate has been and where the pushback has been. And I think that's why House Republicans have voted some 40 times to repeal Obamacare, reflecting <laughs> that dissatisfaction with the law. Yeah. Hey, Nick, this is Kevin Ray, the host of the show. And um, thank you for coming on with us. I, I had a question because you just mentioned, um, you know, there's definitely um, two sides of the coin. And, and obviously, Republicans are strongly against this bill. Um, you know, and some even some Democrats were. And, you know, the attempt was there about the constitutional issue. And the fact is, the you know, it was upheld by the Supreme Court that says that it is constitutional. Um, so we have now this bill that's really kind of coming at us really quick. There's so much news going on. Some people forget that this is going to begin and, and, you know, we have to get ready for it. And that's why I know Mark sought you out because we want to get people the facts. And that's what this book really does. Um, I guess one of the things that you mentioned a moment ago about the carrots and sticks, and then also about you know, who wouldn't think that having people with pre-existing illnesses, you know, obviously we should, the right thing to do is to get them covered, but who pays for this? So, you know, is it going to be, and I know this is a big question, but, you know, this is, there's this whole theory about the Democrats. They want to, you know, they want to take money from the rich and give it to the poor, you know, and this has been the whole kind of debate about Obama's whole philosophy. Um, does, is that essentially what Obamacare does is that make big businesses pay more so that people who don't have insurance currently will have it? I think what it actually does is I think there are certainly people have made those arguments and I tr I'm trying really hard not to take sides. But what I will say, there is a redistribution of the money that is now going into health insurance mm -hmm. such that younger, healthier individuals who have often not had health insurance because 
they tend not to have big medical expenses. If you're in your 20s, pretty much the big medical expense you're going to have is going to be an emergency in a hospital because you've gotten into a car accident or you've had some kind of infection that you need treated. You're not going to get the cancers and the heart disease and the diabetes that cause bypass and amputations and serious complications that cost a ton of money. So what Obamacare seeks to do is take those individuals who have not paid into the health insurance market and force them to do so through the individual mandate. And that money will then cover those folks who are older and sicker, people with pre-existing conditions, seniors on Medicare who do have those higher medical costs. So in many ways, what it's doing, the model is, is almost like what we've seen with Social Security or, or Medicare, where workers and individuals pay into it when they're young, right. so that when they're older and need it, they can pull the money out of it. And that's where the critics jump in and say, wait a minute. What you're doing is you're, you're subsidizing health care on the backs of individuals who really don't derive a lot of health care services to cover those folks who are older and sicker. But I think the truth is, wherever you stand on this, the reality is, is it really is a redistribution of how that money is paid into the system. Some mm-hmm. proponents argue that that's fair. Most yeah. people need health care. They're either going to get it in the hospital, they're going to get it whether they have insurance or not because of the law. And they argue that this is fair. Critics argue that we shouldn't be forcing people who may not need this particular service to have it as a result of a, gov- a government mandate. Yeah, and one of the things that I think that is important for people to understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this all kicks off January 1st, 2014, right? It, it does indeed. The biggest pieces of it kick in January 1st. That's okay. when insurers can no longer deny people with pre-existing conditions. That's okay. when you have to have health insurance under the mandate. But something's going to happen ahead of time, October 1st. If you don't get your health insurance from either Medicare, Medicaid, or your employer, you will be able to pick a plan on, on these open market health care exchanges that are online marketplaces that individuals can pick for themselves and their families. So it's actually coming sooner than January 1 in terms of the prep and the enrollment for these, these health care exchanges, and that's really just a couple months away. I have so many questions, but I, I, and I'll maybe try to ask them before we have to let you go, but one of the questions, are, and I, I read a report about um, New Yorkers and, and how you know New Yorkers are thrilled about Obamacare, and, and I didn't read too far into the details, but um, I don't know if you're familiar with that report, but it said that their cost is going to go down, I think it was 30%, their premiums. Um, is there any truth to that, I guess? And if that is truth to that, um, is that not a good thing? It is true. Uh, I need to qualify what was said, though. And the Obama administration held the, the numbers up in New York as an example that Obamacare works. It's right. hold costs down. In fact, what we're starting to now see on these exchanges that I just mentioned are the insurance policies that insurers are, in fact, offering. In New York, for those plans that are at the high end, the the, the the plans that will cover, I think it's 80 or 90 percent of your health insurance, the so-called silver, I'm sorry, the so-called gold and platinum plans, there is a dramatic uh, lowering of those premiums from what they are currently. So mm-hmm. it is working to drive that situation. Now, critics argue that New York's marketplace is unique, and that's not going to be the same in all states. And in fact, if you look at states like Ohio, and you believe John Boehner, premiums are going to go up. They're not actually going to go down. So depending on what st- where you are, depending on the level of coverage you want, depending on what plan you pick, and depending on what insurers are offering in your individual state, mm. your premiums are going to go up or down. It's not an across the board. Um, there really are going to be essentially 50 different programs in 50 different states. And that's the other real message of this book is you need to be informed. Whether you're reading this book or you're consulting other sources, you need to arm yourself with information 
because your situation is, is particular to you and your family. Your state may be different from the next state over, and costs will go up or down depending on what you choose and what's being offered. And some of the states um, can opt in or opt out of the uh, exchange program and the Medicaid piece uh, where it's free insurance for the mm-hmm. lower – how, how is that working? Because I think Tennessee is not going to participate in – in the exchange and the other piece, because we have 10 care in the state of Tennessee, and I don't think we're going to right. touch that. So how I is that going to affect all this? You're right. In, in uh, about 33 of the states, the federal government is going to step in and run those health care exchanges because those states have elected not to do so. It's only in 17 states plus the District of Columbia, if I've gotten my numbers correct. The states are going to run their own programs. So in those states, it will be a federal program. It's probably those programs are probably going to have fewer choices than the states that run their own their own programs. But they will be up and operating. It's just a question of who's running them. You're right about Medicaid. In those states, Obamacare calls for an expansion of Medicaid that basic, basically raises raises eligibility guidelines. So people who are earning, I think it's 133 percent of the poverty line. That's about $30,000 for a typical family will qualify for Medicaid. In addition, folks who are above that level but are under about 400% of the federal poverty line, which is about $90,000 a year for family income, they will also qualify for federal subsidies that you can apply to your health insurance if you buy them on the, on the open exchanges. But mm-hmm. in many of those states that are not having their exchanges, they're not going for the Medicaid expansion. So there's some question about whether those folks will be eligible for those Medicaid, uh, those Medicaid benefits. So, again, it's really important to kind of find out where you are, what state you live in, and what's being offered. I yeah. guess we move out of state. Yeah. <laughs> now, one of the critical pieces, Nick, and we don't have a lot of time left, and I know that you have to go, but one of the critical things that people are thinking about is well, how are the how are the fines going to work? So it's a two-part question. You know, our company, for instance, it, you know, they're going to have to – um, either offer, I think, insurance and pay for the insurance, or they're going to have to pay a penalty, basically, if they decide that they choose not to. Um, and then individuals, if they don't have insurance, they're also going to be required to have coverage, or they'll have to pay a penalty as well. And it really becomes stiff a stiff penalty in 2016, I believe. Talk a little exactly. bit about how that works in the last couple of minutes we have. Let's talk about the individuals first. If every individual in the country will have to have health insurance or pay a fine, it starts at about $285 a year beginning January 1st for a family. So that's the most that a family will pay is $285 for a fine. If you don't have insurance as an individual, that goes up to about $2,000 in 2016 per wow. family. If you're a company that has 50 or more employees beginning in January of 2015, you must provide health insurance to your workers, or you will pay a $2,000 per employee fine to the federal government. <laughs> now, let me say two things about this. Um, health insurance is a lot more expensive than those two fine levels, and the concern is that many people, millions of people, and many companies may decide that they're just going to simply pay the fine and not purchase the insurance for themselves or their employees. And the question at this point in time is, what's the IRS going to do about it? Right. What's HHS going to do? Are they going to are they going to garnish wages? Are they going to uh, come after people? We just don't know. Mm. The enforcement piece of this for both businesses and individuals is in question because there isn't. Uh, uh, we don't know how much money Congress is going to authorize for them to actually enforce the law. So at this point, our best 
the best thing that I can say is we just need to pay attention because we don't know how those enforcement procedures are going to be carried out. Carried out. The good news for businesses that have 50 or more people is the, the 2015 kick-in on that, that penalty was delayed from January 1st of 2014. The original plan was going to require yeah. businesses to have to do it in January. And the administration said, we're going to give businesses with 50 or more people another year kind of figure out what they're going to sure. do, how they're going to proceed. I think that they did that because they, the administration doesn't quite have its yeah. back together yet either in terms of enforcement and some of these other we're cu- yeah. that we're talking about. We're coming up on a hard break here. Obamacare Survival Guide. Um, Nick Tate ha- has been our guest. Um, go find it on Amazon. You can Google it. You can find it out there on the web. Um, we want to thank you very much for coming in. And, man, it's been tremendously helpful. And we'd love to have you back in the future if that's okay with you. I'd love to do it. All right. Thanks so much. Nick Tate, Obamacare Survival Guide. We'll be right back.